everybody. We're back. We are back at the Grace Roadshow. Grace Roadshow. I'm Andrea Burke here with... Kevin Maloney. Yep. And we're going to talk about his sermon from this past weekend. Yep. And a few other things. That, Cause it's been a few weeks since you and I have sat down to talk. Yeah. We, we had high hopes for the Buffalo bills last time we sat down to talk. <laughs> we did. So, and that, that crashed that and burned how that went. Somebody did not throw themselves into the pit. No, that's my theory. Oh, we didn't make the right offering. We didn't make the right offering, but we, we thought they would go farther than they did. And <laughs> wow. I found that button. We're, so I'm going to, I'm going to use moving that up in the podcasting <laughs> <are>. world. Yeah. <laughs> That game was, at the end of that game, <laughs> I stood up from the couch and I was like, well, oh, well, what are you going to do? Just a game. So <laughs> what are we going to do? Do you want to watch a movie? And my daughter was like, are you okay? Like, you just flipped that switch really fast. I was like, I'm fine. This is stupid. It's just a game. It means nothing to our real life. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I did the same thing. And I'm wondering, like, what are going to be, like, the long-term emotional consequences <laughs> to stuffing down that grief just, from the bills? Yep. But I'm just so much. used to it. Like I said, I had no recovery time. <laughs> like the chiefs were kneeling down at the end of the game and I was like, Oh, well, and then <laughs> moved on. Cause I, this is yeah. what we do. Wide, right. It was like, this is classic yeah. bills. Oh. So. Uh, yeah. So anyways, the season's over for the bills and now we get to watch what I would consider the most boring super bowl. I'm not looking forward to this at all. Me neither. Any predictions? Uh, the red team wins. I just don't care. <laughs> like, I literally the, can't even get myself yeah. to care. Who's wearing red. They both are. I mean, I don't know who's actually wearing okay. red. I don't know. I saw their, uh, the Chiefs had announced their their uh, uniforms, and I just was like, I literally don't care. I just, yeah. I will now be watching it for Taylor Swift. That's the <laughs> only reason I'm watching. I just, I think I'll watch it. I think that I think the Chiefs will win just because Mahomes is so experienced being there. Yeah, and they're just on fire right now. They, they really they outplayed the Bills. I thought so. It was, yeah. They're. I mean, they did that. They're. They look great in that game and they're going to be, it'll be fun to watch. I'll watch it no matter what. And I'll eat food and Buffalo dip. Yeah, totally. There's always good incentive. Buffalo chicken dip is the number one thing to have. We are going Asian theme this year, but Mm -hmm. I will still have Buffalo chicken dip because it's like, how do you not? We'll do Buffalo dip for the entire meal. (laughs) Like that's all we're eating. That's all you're eating. It's just a big plate of Buffalo dip (laughs) and chips for those of us not in ketosis. (laughs) Well, we'll be doing Asian and we have some friends coming over and everyone's picking a really like random Asian thing to bring. So nice. I'm pretty excited. I'm I'm putting all my football bills energy into looking up recipes at this point. So perfect. Got to do what you got to do. All right. So this past Sunday, oh, I just lost my notes. This past Sunday, you were preaching out of Matthew six. Am I yeah. right? Um, what section of scripture was that? It was the... So the, the headline verse was verse one, yeah. where Jesus one. says, don't do your good works in front of other people, right. um, because then you'll lose, lose your reward from your father in heaven. And then the three examples he gives are in how we give, how we fast and how right. we pray. Anything that you didn't have time for to get in the sermon? Um, a few things. We didn't talk much about, uh, well, we skipped over the Lord's prayer section, but that's only because we're going to be doing that this coming Sunday. Um, but we, we didn't talk much about fasting, uh, kind of. Talked a little bit about Christians practicing Lent in there, but but barely went any further. And so I think that's a topic probably that could warrant some more discussion. Yeah. Well, we can talk about it right now. Sounds good. So what do you want to talk about about what, Lent? <laughs> Lent. It's a very exciting topic. Yeah. It's going to be clickbait podcast of the year. You Everyone, think so? No. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not essential oils. Okay. Um, so your, what are your thoughts on fasting as far as like 
should we be fasting? Should we have more rhythms of fasting in our Christian life? Kind of a baseline. I think uh, probably nobody who knows me would be surprised <laughs> that I don't fast a whole lot. Um, but I, I think I could fast more. But also I want to be careful with that because I, I think we can be a little bit too morbid. And um, there, there weren't that many penitential observations in the Old Testament calendar. Um, like it was really the Day of Atonement when they fasted. Mm. Um, and then all the other events in the calendar were, were feast days. Mm. So I think that we can get out of balance when we feel like we should be fasting a whole lot. Now, if people fast a whole lot, more power to them. Like that's, that's fine. Um, but I don't want there to be like a false guilt, false pressure on Christians mm. that we should be fasting once a week or twice a week. Like the Pharisees did that and they weren't like in Jesus's good graces. And so, so thinking that fasting is going to, to be a, a major answer for things. I don't know. Does intermittent fasting count as fasting? I mean, if you're doing it just for dietary reasons, probably <laughs> not. You have your reward. Um, you have your reward. There you go. But, uh, I mean, it can though. Like, I mean, so if, if you're not fasting for the whole day, but you're going to skip breakfast and spend some extra time praying that morning, like that's a biblical fast. It's just sure. a short one. So yeah. that's, that's cool. Do you think that Lent is seen as more of like a self punishment? I think some see it that way. And I don't think it was originally designed that way. Yeah. Like it's, um, Lent is a super old observation. And so, so why don't I say like, I'll make the case for Lent. Sure. And then I'll tell you why I don't practice it. it. <laughs> so <laughs> if I were to make the case, I would say it's really old. And it's practiced in almost every Christian denomination um, and maybe every denomination to some degree in certain churches in the, those denominations. So it's, it's always you're on dangerous ground when you don't practice a thing that the whole church has been practicing for like 2000 years. <laughs> sure. um, but it is really old. Like St. Augustine, who was in the late fourth century, he wrote that we sin if we don't practice Lent. Wow. So okay. um, they think it was already going on at the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. It's a really long practice. So you can make the case from the age of the observation. Mm -hmm. And their reason for practicing it, I think, was to remember as part of their calendar the 40 days that Jesus fasted in the wilderness, mm -hmm. um, which also good. Like it's good to do old things and it's also good to remember good things with the things that you're doing. So yes. Those are good things. And it's good to fast, to give things up. It's good to, um, to spend more time in prayer. It's good to examine yourself. It's good to have real, um, repentance for sin. And so as much as those are the themes of Lent and those are the reasons that people are doing it more power to them, that can be a good thing, but it's not commanded. Yeah. Um, like we, I think we have to make a distinction between here's some good human traditions that had good origins and the things that are commanded in scripture. Hmm. And scripture doesn't command Lent at all. Hmm. In fact, this is, uh, this is Romans 14. This is what it says. Uh, one person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. That's me during Lent. And <laughs> while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. Um, so it seems like Romans gives us freedom when it comes to holidays that we observe, feasts and fasts, um, dietary rules that we observe. It basically says, like, more power to you. Eat or don't eat whatever you want to eat or don't eat, but do it for the glory of the Lord. And so I think people, 
who observe Lent for the glory of the Lord and do it in the right way, that's great. I think they're glorifying their master and they don't answer to me for that. Um, those of us who don't practice Lent, I hope are doing that for the glory of the Lord and not just to be like rebellious against tradition or something <laughs> like, um, and because we don't, we don't have to keep those days yeah. or not keep those days. Yeah. I mean, I think, so the liturgical calendar, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. It's really like, if you do any deep dive into the church liturgical calendar, there are a lot of feast days and Lent is kind um, of stuck right in the middle of a lot of feasting yep. uh, from the Christmas season, or I would say even probably earlier in, uh, I don't even know. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on the church calendar, yeah, but before Christmas Advent, um, leading up to Christmas, which is meant to be this 12 day feast. And yep. then you have all of these like different Wait, Christmas is supposed to be a 12 day feast. You're joking, right? Is that like why we have the 12 days of Christmas? Yeah. yeah are you, are you <laughs> I'm serious? not joking. Really? Well, yeah. that's great. So it should the, be. So Advent I'm is in meant favor to be of 12 like, day feast. and I'm sure someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but Advent it is in its own way, a somber, quiet season where you are anticipating the celebration yeah, and the the coming of Christ, and that that'd right. be another, it, um, another good thing about Lent is that that fast gets broken like the night before Easter, right? Exactly. And yeah. so Sunday morning, it's, it's like, hey, here's time. the answer for all of our penitence. Yes. Like the so Lord is risen. It builds into if if you follow that calendar, it does build into a really cool rhythm of of reflection, quietness, and feasting. Which then yep. feasting Christmas, twelve days of celebrating different parts of the story. Um, Lords of leaping the, all the Swans Lords swimming. leaping drummers, drumming, yep. feasting and celebrating. And then it leads to the um, day of the Magi. What is January 6th? I don't even know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I have just, Baptist roots and I'm like shocked right now. The, the Baptist circles that I come from are some of the, the least liturgical calendar oriented <laughs> circles. So. so then January 6th. So you, so then you celebrate until then. Okay. And then it quiets down again. And there's other, um, again, I'm not an expert, but I know there's other like saints days and things that you celebrate in between there. There's the day of uh, Christ's dedication that you celebrate. And then you get to, um, what is it? February right around now, Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, or whatever that day is. And then Lent and then Easter. And yeah. then it's the day of Pentecost, which is another 40 days after Easter that you celebrate again. So, uh, the day of the Ascension is in there somewhere. Uh, that would be Pentecost, right? I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I think could, this is all good, <laughs> but not necessary. Like right. it's so I'm all I'm for it. And like, so it's not like I'm rolling my eyes if someone is describing to me like how they carefully observe the liturgical it's very calendar. Cool. Like, everybody marks time by something. Yes. And I will like say you win because that's better than how I mark time. Cause I just do it how everybody else in America does, which is like a mixture of the Christian calendar yes. and a Hallmark calendar <laughs> and uh, some patriotic holidays. So we do like new year's, which is like a Western one. Sure. And then, uh, Valentine's day, which is nonsense. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Debbie, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not nonsense. It's not. Um, and so Valentine's day, and then we go to, uh, Easter, which is a good Christian holiday. And then <laughs> Memorial day this is painful. and this then painful 4th of July witness. and labor day. And so none of these like fit in the same calendar, but we just kind of mix them all together That's and right. then we'll have our Thanksgiving, which is like sort of Christian, but sort of American. And then we'll kind of do Advent and Christmas cause we're Christians. And so but it starts all over again. We mark time by like a, a group of different things. And so I'm, I'll be the first to tap out to say someone who practices or follows a liturgical calendar, 
their system's probably better. Like, <laughs> so, so this is no judgment at all, but also I know it's not commanded in scripture and I right. don't really keep So I, we it. don't celebrate, we don't follow the liturgical calendar like yeah. in our home. I think it's really cool. I've always been fascinated by it. I tried to do the 12 days of Christmas one year and I flamed out by like day three. So, yeah. uh, I think it's cool. I mean, I'm, who's got the, the budget for five golden rings? Really? Am I right? Seriously. <laughs> I mean, there is like, you're supposed to give more gifts after Christmas. I'm like, I'm done. I gave you all the gifts. We just spent all of our money on the dancers dancing. (laughs) There's nothing left. There's none left. Um, But so I think I like the idea of rhythms of fasting and feasting in general in life, because I think it makes the feast better if you haven't been also feasting for 40 days leading up to it. Um, And the gospel, like, I mean, the, even the pattern for our church services, like it's similar. Like we proclaim the word, we have a response. That's a response of confession and repentance. And then a response of uh, assurance to that, that like the Lord has died for you. And so um, we try to walk people through the, the pattern of the gospel, even in the pattern of our church service. I don't know if anyone notices that we do that, but we, (laughs) we try to. Yeah. And so if someone does that with their whole year, more power to them. Yeah, for sure. I have no, no shade to throw against that. We just don't do it. It's just not the way my family operates. We don't do Lent. Um, we, I think we probably have tried in the past. I think yeah. I, I know I've been that obnoxious person years ago online who's like, I'm for Lent, I'm giving up social media. Yeah. And then like three days later, I'm like, actually, but I just want to share this thing. Which I think also is like when we do that, that's actually the opposite way that Jesus said to fast. Yeah. Like where someone practices Lent, great, do that for the glory of the Lord. But Jesus still puts parameters on fasts. Yeah. And one of them is wash your face and do it in secret. And so, um, so that would be like one of the cautions for anyone who practices any spiritual discipline is the caution of Matthew six, which is like, it's fine to be seen doing these things, but it's not fine to do these things to be seen because you lose your reward. And, and it's a heart issue in many issues because I mean, how does someone know if I'm praying in front of church because I'm doing this to glorify the Lord and lead people to his throne or I'm doing it because I want to impress people. Um, I don't even know sometimes why I'm doing it. So um, so there is a hard issue there, but I think it, that is something we have to be careful of with any practicing of the spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think putting too much hope in them. And this is like a reason that, that I'm not super interested in practicing Lent mm-hmm. as advertised. I would take from Colossians two, um, where he says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you've been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Um, so it's all Jesus-centered. In him also, you were circumcised with a circumcision uh, made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh. And then he goes on and he says, therefore, this is Colossians 2.16, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason uh, by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Mm -hmm. And then he says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why is if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations like do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that perish as they are used according to human precepts and teachings? These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, 
but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm. So I think there's a, a caution. And again, Jesus said when you fast and then gave us parameters for it. So the expectation from the Lord is that we fast. So this is not an anti-fasting tirade, but I think that the caution is we can think that giving things up will change our relationship to the flesh, like the part of us that didn't get saved. And he says um, that those things don't do that. In fact, they can actually be the flesh Mm. Um, that I think if I do not taste, do not touch, do not handle certain things that that makes me like more legitimate as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And that's like a fleshly way of thinking that I can earn this thing that I actually already have fully in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the caution that, that, um, and some of this is probably for me, I know, especially early in my early college years, um, I ran with a group of people who they weren't ascetics or anything like that, but they definitely were big on, sacrificing most things and doing almost like a minimalistic life for the glory of Christ. And with the belief that if you had more that you were somehow sinning, Hmm. um, like where you almost felt guilty if you went out to a nice restaurant, sometimes, um, you felt guilty if you didn't buy the minimum house that, that anyone needs to live in. Like it was this idea that we have to live off the minimum, almost like a poverty gospel that says, um, the the only holy way to live is with the least amount for me. And I think it creates like a mountain of false guilt. Um, and you hear it in all kinds of ways. Like we'll hear it every year at Christmas time where people are like, Oh, this is, you shouldn't be giving like all these presents. It's not about right. that. And I agree. It's not about that, but the material world is good and it's good to give gifts to people. Yeah. Um, and so I think there is a danger in a poverty gospel that says by giving things up, I'm, making myself acceptable. Mm. And there's a lot of like judgment that can go with that for all the people who don't give up the exact same things that I give up yep. too. And so I think that's the caution with fasting, like fast. Jesus said you should, but when you do it, wash your face, um, let your <laughs> father reward you, not your hunger for self-righteousness. Yeah. And I, I think that we also have turned Lent into like a strange cultural, like, who's going to give up the, the weirdest, strangest yeah. thing. And it's like, what are we doing? Like at what point is this no longer fasting? You're just like, you have better daily habits. Like yeah. this year I'm giving up asceticism for life. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, I'm not opposed to it either. Like, I don't have anything against people celebrating it and doing that, but it gets weird when people are like, I'm giving up watching Netflix for Lent. I'm like, yeah. I don't think that's what, <laughs> that's what that's supposed and, to be. And if you, I could see good reasons to say like, I'm going to have a season where I'm not watching TV um, because I've been watching too much and I've been binging every show. And so I just need more time in the Bible. I need more time to pray, more time to read. Like sure. those are good things. Uh, but anytime we're doing our good works performatively, and I think social media just makes us so much more of a temptation. Yeah. Like we just have to be really careful. Like who, who's getting the glory from the social media posts about yeah. the good works we're doing, the good food we're not eating, the sacrifices that we're making. Right. Um, and I don't know that the Lord is glorified in a lot of those things. I think often it's me. Yeah. Can I just say for Lent, I'm giving up. Just on life. <laughs> <Don't>, like, just, <laughs> I'm not trying anymore. Are you okay? <laughs> Do we need to have an intervention? <laughs> on air intervention. Well, that's good that you're relying on grace there you go. fully. So. Yeah. Seems like a good observation. Seems like a good observation. But I mean, 
the Super Bowl is right in the middle of Lent, and I really want buffalo chicken dip, so I'm not like giving up food. What's the rule on that? I don't like. You can't. Super Bowl is not a liturgical calendar day. You can't make an exception well, it for that. Should be. <laughs> Let's add it to everything else. <laughs> like, I mean, isn't okay? Here's a question. I'm totally winging it here, but wouldn't mm-hmm. Valentine's Day technically be a saint's day? I mean, sure. <laughs> I Are just, there like exceptions throughout Lent? Now I just, I'm entering territory. I mean, you could I ask the guy nothing. from Hallmark who made it up. I don't know. I have, no idea. Able to tell you. I have no idea. Yeah. wasn't, what was the deal with St. Valentine? I used to know, but I, I think he was a legit dude. I think he was, he was an actual, like he's considered a saint within the people. I th- who, think he did some good stuff. Yeah. But I, I can't so. remember what it was. So I don't think it had anything to do with cards and flowers. I don't think so. Not that those are bad. You should, you should <laughs> husbands give your wives flowers on Valentine's day. <laughs> I'm I'm out on Valentine's Day. You're totally. not going to find a Valentine's Day fan in me. I don't like it. Hmm. For us, we have Christmas, Jed's birthday, my birthday, our anniversary, all but like in that span of time. So by the time we get to um, Valentine's Day, we've just tapped out our budget. Yeah. <laughs> like we have said every affectionate thing we could possibly think to write in a card. We've done all the fancy dinners. So by Valentine's Day, I'm just like, oh, can we not? I just can't. We just always go out for dinner, and but we never go actually on Valentine's Day. Smart. So That's we'll so do our smart. Valentine's dinner a day or two before, day or two after. Um, this year, I'm gonna be out of town, so like we it won't be on that day. But yeah. we've just kind of gotten used to that. So yeah. Uh, once once Debbie died to all of her dreams of romance, <laughs> I really Debbie. made marriage so much easier. But, <laughs> No, it's all good. We we enjoy our dinners for Valentine's Day. We observe it and do it lightheartedly, and it's all. Good. We do stuff for the kids. We do like I'll do pink pancakes, yeah. and we give the kids little cards and things like that. And we will always have a bowl of the hearts, and I could just, I mean, <laughs> plow through those things like they're all gone. And so I, I don't read them; just the shovel dove, them all the down. Dove hearts that have like little like sayings in them. Is that what they are? The dove. Are, they or are you talking about sweethearts that have the like, yeah, like sweethearts, <laughs> the little, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I could just eat those by the handful. And it's always like, usually I'll do like they some kind like of keto chalk. diet in January. So in my liturgical calendar, February, <laughs> the Valentine's day hearts are when I break the fast oh my <laughs> and, gosh. and it's over this year. I didn't do anything. So I mean, they literally are like eating chalk bits in your mouth, but really, really tasty ones. Um, <laughs> like there's a chalk. lot of sugar mixed in with that chalk. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Well, I think the idea is like, I, like I said, I really coming back to, I just love the idea of building up to a holiday like Easter yeah. or like, so whether or not you do Lent, I think it is a great time of year to start turning our eyes towards the cross, yeah. like as we should, it's never a bad long, idea. but like Easter's coming and it makes it so sweet to reflect on it six weeks, eight weeks ahead of time to start thinking you know, what, what we're about to celebrate, what we're going to reflect on. And so that doesn't have to be Lent. No. And I know wonderful, godly Christians who are very strict about observing all those seasons. Yeah. And so do I praise God. Um, yeah. if it's drawing their attention to Jesus, I'm not throwing flags on that at all. That's, yeah. that's great. Um, if it in any way is feeding a sense of self-righteousness, they, um, might need to break the fast and yeah. remind themselves of where the righteousness comes from. So, yeah. I mean, and it's interesting because when it comes to issues of legalism, uh, if you take, this is probably a rant beyond what we were anticipating, but, uh, so one of the big issues Paul was always dealing with was whether people had to be circumcised to follow Jesus. And so Timothy, he, uh, didn't 
wait, did he circumcise Timothy or Titus? Which one of Titus and Timothy? Oh boy. Um, uh, one of them he Timothy. did, one of them he didn't. I think he circumcised Timothy, right? And then he wouldn't circumcise Titus because the legalists were demanding it. Okay. And so he had two different responses, basically. Like, there's this demand out there for circumcision. Some people were saying, you are not a real Christian if you're not circumcised. Mm -hmm. And so Paul took a stand and said, absolutely not. We're not going to follow your rule because I want to show you that you are a real Christian, Mm -hmm. even if you don't follow that rule. Mm -hmm. Um, But then others would say, man, it's kind of hard for me to, like, listen to someone who's not circumcised because just, like, in our culture, everybody is. And so in those situations, Paul's like, okay, then we'll do it. Like, Mm -hmm. that's, that's fine. Let's not put any obstacles up in front of people. And so two different responses to two different hearts. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to things like Lent, um, I think the, the, there are multiple different responses for multiple different people. Mm -hmm. Um, If, if someone says this makes me righteous, I would say sit out Lent for, for a season or something, because it really doesn't like Jesus does that. Um, if someone says I have to have that to be righteous, I'd almost say no way, don't do it. Like Jesus is your righteousness, trust in the cross. Um, but if someone says this is a season that helps draw my attention to Jesus, the fast helps me a lot, helps me pray a lot more, helps me remember what a relief the cross and resurrection are on Easter. Like I love that build up to Easter and and what that does to draw my attention to the Lord. Well then don't not practice Lent, do it every year. Like that's, um, I think we can have responses like that to different, um, to different hearts. Yeah. So hearts that want to move toward Jesus, they can take whatever path they want to move toward Jesus, but hearts that want to build their own righteousness, you got to get them off that train real fast. Yeah. That's so good. Any other thoughts on uh, your sermon from this past weekend? Uh, no, that was about it. Yeah. Well, I don't have any other questions, so happy Lent, I guess it's probably this next Wednesday. Maybe it's today. Is it today? It might be today might be, Oh, see where this is. Okay. I don't know. Um, it's all good. It's all good. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.